Welcome to the Play Roma podcast with your host, Dr. Jeff Engbers. Play Roma is a word used in the Bible for fullness, abundance, and hearts and hands having more than enough. When we engage in Christ-centered play, we discover the depth of God's creation. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Play Roma podcast with Mr. Greg Rotman. He's in our second, he's in his second year as a cross-country coach here at Unity Christian. And so, yeah, we're going to chat for a little bit. Uh, we've got a few questions for him. At the end, we'll have a few quick hitters. And we're going to get to know Greg Rotman uh, a little bit better and um, with this Play Roma podcast, we're trying to dive into the how do we find that full and complete uh, life that God has um, given to us. And so I, I think we're going to learn a lot from Greg here. Greg, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. This is kind of fun. We, I, I, I understand that you are at the world headquarters of the In and Time um, uh, trucking company that's that's right yep um city of zealand uh downtown zealand <laughs> world headquarters <laughs> uh briefly yep. describe what do you do at in on time uh i wear a lot of different hats at in on time um uh primarily i do a lot of it work so i actually do some programming uh, but i also interact with our customers quite a bit so i do sales uh, mainly for our warehouse division. Uh, I don't do a lot with the transportation side of the business, but mainly with the warehouse. Um, I've been working at and on time since uh, 2006. So 14 years I've been with them, almost 15 years. So um, first warehouse employee and uh, kind of helped uh, grow and nurture that business. And um, yeah, kind of a like I said, a lot of hats, different parts of the, the, the warehouse side of the business. Very nice. So I bet it was five or six years ago, this um, young, uh, strapping young man um, named Greg Rotman kind of pops into the Unity Christian <laughs> scene. I don't think you had, you didn't know me. I don't think you knew the coaches too nope. well. And you kind of showed up and, nope. uh, and said, hey, I like to run and I want to volunteer, you guys got room for me. Kind of describe what brought you to that to that place um, where you showed up you know, kind of a random, or maybe it's not a random school. T tell your little story there. Well, I, I was a Unity graduate. I graduated in 1996. So, um, you know, it's always been a, um, a home for me. Uh, and I don't know what it was. It, you know, I think there was, it was just God pulling on my heart. Um, but probably, 
um, summer of 2014. Can't remember if it's 2014, 2013. Um, I just had this like push uh, to be involved. So randomly, I looked up who the athletic director at the time was, uh, Mr. DeGroat, and I sent him an email. I said, I don't know what this looks like. I've never coached. I just have a passion for running. And um, if you've got a spot, I'd love to be involved and I'll do it as a volunteer. I'm not looking for anything other than I just, I feel like it's somewhere I belong. And uh, he forwarded me over to Mr. Bonner. Mr. Bonner is the coach at the time. And um, we went for a run because that's, that's how you interview people when you uh, uh, are <laughs> in cross countries. You you go for a run, and uh, yeah, we just hit it off. We we uh, just had a good chemistry right from the beginning, and um, yeah, it's been it's been really good ever since. That's good. Um, so this this podcast is called Play Roma. So fullness or completeness, as you've kind of looked back on those five or six years of coaching at Unity as a volunteer, and then you were a middle school coach, now you're the head cross country coach. Some may have lasted only a year and said, you know what, this volunteer gig isn't me. Um, I like my own running, but I don't like giving back to high schoolers. Everybody's wired a little bit differently. Why have, why have you stayed? And I think I have a hunch that you've stayed because you've had a sense of fulfillment in your coaching. Could you describe that just a little bit? Yeah, you know, that's a tough, tough question, I think, um, because there's certainly, it's rewarding to me being a, uh, a coach. I think um, seeing that you can have an impact on um, these athletes, not just um, in the way they train, but also in the way they live, um, you know, that's, that's certainly very fulfilling. And that's, that's what energizes me um, just to, just to be involved in that. But then part of me is like, I, I don't know if I ever feel completely like there's no finish line. So this completeness part of it, I struggle with a little bit because I still feel like I'm driven to do more. Um, and so while I still feel fulfilled, I also feel um, incomplete in that there's still more to do and, and we're still working towards something. Um, so, you know, you know, that's kind of a, a tough, uh, you know, balance or, or uh, how, do you, how you would answer that. Cause there's certainly that fulfillment is there. Um, right. But there's still, there's still more to do. Although, does a coach ever feel completely fulfilled? Because you always have a next season. You always have a coulda, woulda, shoulda, seventh man coulda ran faster. Your third girl coulda for sure meat for you, right? Training could be better. For sure, and I think that's one thing that's probably a little unique too with high school, is every year seniors graduate freshmen come in and there's a different i'll say flavor to the team um slightly different culture slightly different nuances um that just make every season just a little bit different and 
uh, you know, you, it's not like it's a formula that you just repeat, rinse and repeat, do it again. You know, you got to kind of adapt to um, you know, what the what the current team is and, and what they're what drives and motivates them. Um, now, it's, wouldn't it's you, not the same every year. Wouldn't you say that an outsider looking in at a sport like cross country would say that it is more of a cut and fill in and you do the same thing, the same workouts? Describe that just a little bit, the the nuances of, of maybe team chemistry and culture and how important that is in a sport like cross country. Yeah, um, you know, I, there's certainly things that we will do year after year. You know, there's there's still the, the two mile time trial that we do early in the season to see where people are. And there's still a lot of that, but there's still a lot of things that we, um, you know, try to do differently. Like this didn't seem to work. Uh, let's try to do this. Or, um, you know, people were feeling pretty tired after this workout and we had to meet that week. And, um, so let's try to change that or, um, you know, and, and just trying to figure out a better way to, to uh, meet them where they're at. Uh, you know, people come, some some high school kids will come after running hard all summer long and they come to into, into the season and they're in pretty good shape. And they're going to train at a different level and intensity than somebody who, uh, you know, maybe got cut from a different sport and they don't really love cross country necessarily, but they want to be involved in something. And, and uh, you know, you got to meet both of those athletes where they're at. And so, you know, you kind of have to be able to adapt to either one of those and, and just having a one size fits all training program is going to, it just doesn't work. Right. Yep. That's good. Do you, um, do you consider, you consider coaching? I, I guess here's the question. We both go to the same church, right? And, um, yeah. and, and we'll, we'll often hear about the frontline ministry. Where's your frontline and where is your, whether that be in the home, your workplace, um, is coaching a ministry to you or an act of service or, or where would you put coaching on that realm? Yeah, um, it is. And I think, uh, you know, I spend a fair amount of time uh, thinking about um, that aspect of it. Um, that's one thing that we did this year and we've always done that as long as I've been um, part of the the Unity Cross Country program. We've always had um, some flavor of weekly devotions that we do. Um, but as my role shifted this year, um, I had to spend a lot more time thinking about it. Uh, it, it I knew it needed to be done, and and so I, I if I know it needs to be done, I'm going to do it. Um, so I spent a lot of time thinking about. Uh, you know, what are we going to talk about and how does that going to impact the team and what is the message that we're trying to convey? And, um, you know, I, I probably spent more time thinking about how to message that to the cross country team more than I've thought about how to message that anywhere else. So, um, 
you know, whether it's at work or anything else. So I definitely think that that's a, a big part of it, even though it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm by no means uh, a preacher, right? Yeah, that's not one of my gifts. Um, but, it, you know, like I said, it was one of the things that we really spent a lot of time on um, thinking about how to, uh, how and what to communicate um, from that perspective. So, yeah. That's good. Really good. How about you? Um, so you're still a runner. So I guess a couple yeah. of questions leading into that. You recently completed a hundred mile week, which for non-runner <laughs> listeners, that's like, say what? <laughs> you crazy. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and even I'm a runner who has put some miles in in the past. I still think it's a little crazy. But when you told me that, you said you you jumped from limited miles up to a hundred pretty quick. Yeah, pretty fast. Yeah. Why in the world did you go to a hundred miles suddenly? And what? How how do you mentally handle a hundred miles in seven days? One, your your wife must be a, a saint to kind of a saint, all yep. that time, but for sure uh yeah it's kind of a crazy story um so all through the summer i had been running some i wasn't i wasn't completely untrained i'd been maybe running 30 to 35 40 miles a week um but during the cross-country season it's really hard uh to be both a coach and an athlete so i i kind of put it to the side and i i actually did have a little bit of a calf strain um during the season so for a couple weeks there i didn't run at all i was a zero um but then um my neighbor she's a huge walker uh walks every day she's got five kids she's she's just always busy and uh we were sitting around the campfire in september and she said i got some new uh winter boots i'm gonna walk all through the winter and having uh, run through a Michigan winter before and it being five degrees and windy and there was days getting out that door is hard and I said there's no way you're going to walk through the whole winter she says I am too bet me I said okay I, okay I'll bet you and so we started off on this bet and uh, it was a step goal step competition whoever could have the most steps in a week gets points it was super complicated way too complicated for what it was and we but we quickly found out that uh steps for running and steps for walking are not measured the same and it kind of fell apart but uh i i definitely used it as a springboard um to just to to build that habit and we talked about that a ton this season is just those habits um you know, they can carry you so far. So uh, I got some momentum going and I started off from zero, My, um, you know, before we started to 75 in week one miles. Uh, week two was 85, week three was 100, uh, week four was 111. Uh, I did another 100 last week. So I just kind of, I've got some momentum going. I thought it was only um, one week, but, it's, but you're rocking it. Yeah, three weeks so far. I'll keep going, but it's uh, uh, get up 
and run in the morning, 5 a.m. runs and 7 p.m. runs. It's twice a day. Uh, and I really haven't run any super long distances yet. I think my longest is only 16 miles at one run, but it's, you know, 20, 25, 23 miles a week, a day sometimes. So it's, uh, it's a lot of miles. It's, it, but breaking it up makes it actually more palatable. I think it's easier to run five miles in the morning and five miles in the evening than one 10 mile run. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's been working. So do you feel like it's you're a lot in of work, shape? but it, and I'm starting to see it. Do you feel like you're in shape? Uh, I feel like I'm getting there. I, I can see the gains. Um, I was in, I've run some marathons in the past and I'm not in the same shape I was two years ago. Um, but I can, I can see it. It's coming. All right. <laughs> so so I, I keep pushing it. I do have to ask. My, my wife yeah. was jogging the other day with a stroller. Yep. And apparently yep. you passed her. And you said, oh, I, yep. thought, I thought that you were Jeff. So, yep. I mean, I have to get this off my chest. Do, do. <laughs> I, I was a, you know, I, I ran. You ran like a girl? My <laughs> wife was a soccer player. But did you really think that, like, it had we and you've seen me run in the last few months um uh-huh with a stroller with, with the stroller so i i was it the stroller <laughs> or was it was it my me what what was it uh you know i i don't know what brought me to say it i honestly did so i was coming down the down the side of the road and i looked up ahead and there was a fairly athletic runner. They're way off in the distance, pushing a stroller. It was moving pretty good. They're they're running pretty fast, and, and it was wearing this um, you know Calvin University colored uh, uh, shirt on. And I thought there's a decent chance that that might be Jeff pushing a stroller, wearing something you know with that maroon color on. It was a ways in the distance. It didn't take me long as I caught up. I'm like. Um, that's definitely a woman, not a man. So All right. uh, I, I figured it out fairly quickly, but I, I, I don't know why I said it. I said, I, I thought maybe, and then I thought it was odd that it was actually your wife. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, she, yeah, she took it as quite a compliment. So she was, she was booking, pushing a stroller. She looked great. But it has, it has since caused me to, um, kind of increase my pace a little bit. Um, when the kids ask me to go for a run, I say, uh-uh, no, I'm getting a reputation around town. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pursue my athletic endeavors right now. Uh, well, um, yeah, I don't know. You, you'll have to work through that on your own, I guess. <laughs> All right, so you ran the Berlin Marathon. Yeah, uh, 2018. Why Berlin? Why did you go halfway around the world to run a marathon? What, what was the draw to Berlin? Besides, so you would not want to run in Europe. But. I know. Well, that was a big part of it. So um, there's six, they call them world major marathons. It's it's kind of, it's really targeted towards the, the professional runners, the elite level marathon runners. Um, they pay uh, bonuses to the those kinds of runners. Um, but they, they've become this like collection of um, of the big major marathons. So um, Chicago, New York, Boston, um, 
Berlin, London, and Tokyo. Those are the six. And I've done uh, uh, Chicago, New York, Boston. So I still the international ones I still have to do. Um, Berlin was the only one that allowed you to get in based off of a previous race time. So that was the easiest one to get into. Um, you know, as, as far as uh, from a marathon, uh, overseas marathon is the easiest to get yep. into. But um, uh, so that's that's my first one uh, overseas. And and uh, it kind of turns into a family vacation uh, after that. I drag the kids along and uh, we spent some time in Europe and uh, it was a really good the marathon was great. They did a great job with it. And then we got to see Berlin, which is a terrific city. So much fun there. And uh, you know, saw some parts of Europe, went into the Netherlands. Uh, it was good. So, so I, I have to say that I've been watching The Crown lately on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And um, I'd love to go visit Britain right now or England. Is the London Marathon in your, uh, in your future soon? Yeah, um, well, they because of COVID, they switched it. It's usually in the spring, um, but this year they switched it to the fall and only the elites ran in it. So that was just in, I think, October. And I'm sitting there and it's, of course, they're five hours difference, but it's so it's like four in the morning. I set my alarm so I could watch the marathon and uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I wonder when that is. So I saw it and I actually... I got motivated. I signed up for it, but it's a lottery. And I don't know if I made it in until uh, January. Um, and when but I'm signed be? up. It'd be in October. In October again. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Yeah, it'll make um, the cross country season a little spicy. Uh, yeah. I'll have to figure out how to balance that. But uh, it's the London Marathon. You only get one crack at it. And I say it all the time. And, and you know, it's usually not in this context, but you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. And uh, <laughs> I said, I'm going to I'm going to try. There's no way I'll never do it if I don't try. So um, I entered and we'll see where it goes. I like it. How does um, so you're talking about running marathons. How is that impact? So still being a competitive athlete, I would say still training, you know, maybe not yeah. during the season. How does that impact your coaching? Does it help? Does it, does it, uh, hurt? Um, does it, do, do, do kids buy in, buy into you a little bit more knowing that you're going through some of the same things throughout a year that they do? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think it, you know, there's a couple things that, Hey, it makes you, um, just more relatable. Um, you know, I know what it feels like, uh, on a, uh, four or five mile tempo run, <laughs> how your legs are, are getting a little bit heavy. And, uh, I could speak into that and people recognize that, uh, the language that you use around it because they could feel it too. So there's certainly parts of it. And I've had, um, you know, this year, like I said, this year, uh, with the, the way that my role has changed a little bit as the head coach, I wasn't able to run along with uh, the athletes as much as I had in the past. Um, I used to always run uh, side by side. I would say it's it's my goal to make the varsity boys team every year. But <laughs> I, I keep 
I keep hoping it's I don't make it because our boys are so good that I won't be able to yep. anymore. But uh, right now, it's as long as I still make the boys varsity team, I, I feel accomplished. So, but I do like to run along with those boys, and I do, I think you know it gives you a unique um, time to just stay connected to them. Uh, you have conversations uh, while running that you would never have uh, anywhere else. So, um, you know that, that's certainly part of it too that you can just it's just a real connection point you understand how they're feeling and um you're in positions where you can listen uh and and just learn and learn about what motivates them and um yeah so for sure Uh, that's great really good all right so i've got some quick hitter questions for you so you don't need to answer long okay kind of quick okay um and uh, yeah, here we go. Do you listen to music or podcasts on your runs? I don't. I I try to stay alert and make sure I don't get hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you if you dragged a stroller around with you, that may help because <laughs> people would see you. But anyway, that's true. They'd be worried about hitting kids. Do you often go on different routes or same routes? I do like to change it up, but uh, you can only go so many different routes uh, when you're leaving from your house. But I do like to drive somewhere and, and, and meet at different places. So, yes, I like to change it up. Uh, great vacation you've been on. Uh, the Europe vacation was really pretty good. And we were in Tokyo uh, just this past year, too. So um, that was really, really awesome, too. Did you preview the Tokyo uh, really marathon course? I did, yes. That was another one too that was only open to the elites uh, this year. So, um, I but I got to see them. I got some great pictures of them flying by. Uh, it was fun. Nice. Uh, one thing in your life that brings you uh, fullness, uh, play Roma or joy. Ooh. And we're gonna stay besides running. These are not. Oh man. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said at the beginning, I do a lot of, uh, programming at work and, uh, that that's fun for me. I do that for fun, whether it's for work or my own side projects. Um, just that creative part of it. People probably don't think of, of computer software as being creative, but it's problem solving and it's, um, there's there's a lot of creativity to that and that that's fun for me and i I would attest to that when we've had um track timing greg has uh more than willing uh jumped forward and and helped with some of the ins and outs of the i don't know if that's probably really really basic programming stuff but to me it's complex so i've seen your creativity come through oh yeah thanks Maybe it's not even programming, just a little bit of tech, IT support. Yeah, it's there's, that software is complex. Um, there's a lot of features that if you don't understand what buttons do what, it's it's hard. Yeah. Uh, so it's not exactly the same thing, but it's still that same analytical mind um, that that makes it work. So. If you could coach a different sport, what would it be? Oh man. And, and we're saying no running. Like, I, can I say uh, track? Nope. 
You know, that's tough because um, I think part of what makes me effective as a coach is what I understand about the sport. And I don't know that I feel uh, like I'd be super effective at. Um, no, but this question is like, granted that you had soccer experience or football experience or golf or right or a water polo you're you're a tried and true runner i am i am and not that i don't i just don't understand not say don't understand them i understand the sports but i don't know i don't have the passion for them that, that i do for the running um that it, i don't i don't know what it would feel like to coach uh, a team versus an individual or um I don't all right know. we're gonna stick with it's... track then we're gonna make track all right okay to that <laughs> all right love it um one change in athletes from when you were in high school to today for students students that's a long time ago um I don't know. I think there's a, um, yeah, I don't know how I'd answer that. I don't know what's changed. Cause I, and I wasn't in athletics as a high, in high school. Um, so I didn't, I, I really didn't experience it a lot, a lot, and especially in the way that it is now, I think, but, um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that one. If your kids could describe you in one word, what would they say? Oh, obviously funny. <laughs> Great. Perfect. <laughs> they're, they're both rolling. If they're listening, they're both rolling their eyes right now. They're saying there's no way we'd describe you as funny, Dad. <laughs> if you but, could live in a different place, where would it be? Oh, good question. Um, Probably somewhere where the air doesn't hurt my face. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. Probably uh, somewhere south, maybe. Um, oh, I know. Uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, right at altitude. That's like runner Mecca and Flagstaff. So, uh, or Boulder, Colorado. Either one of those would be pretty good. I like it. How about, I know the coaching thing, you didn't want to coach another sport, but if you were a professional athlete and could choose your sport, what sport would it be? Oh, I, you know, I still, I don't want to keep hitting on the running, but that's, that's my passion. And um, we, every year, we, well, the last few years, we've had this um, cross camp in the spring, in June and uh we go we camp we run in the morning we eat we play around during the day we run again in the afternoon and it's just like this whole week of nothing but the sport and it gives me this flavor of could, is this what it's like to be a professional <laughs> runner to run in the morning kind of take a nap in the afternoon right but it's like just being super passionate about the sport and i'm like oh man I wish I could get Nike to see that they want me and just to buy me shoes and those guys, you know, if they just pay me to do this, I would think this, my life could be complete. I'd have some play Roma. 
what's what's the what's the most amount of money you've made on a on a a race before? Oh, I've never actually gotten a paycheck from a race. I've got two really nice um, plaques that have my name on them. Well, there you go. And I've got a, I've got a, a, a carved uh, groundhog. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe six years ago, um, there was another runner in high school. Her name was Kelly Nesky, a uh, fantastic runner. Uh, she and I both took first in the half marathon men's and women's. So we both got these these wooden carved uh, groundhogs that have our names on them. <laughs> so Is that's about on it. On your mantle at home. Uh, if by mantle you mean the basement, then yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. How about something that uh, something that's inspired you lately? Oh. Um, I, I probably don't have this like big one single thing that's inspirational, but there's all these little things that are, I find inspiring. And they, you know, you get this little idea of, um, I wonder what this would look like, or I wonder how that would work. Or, uh, and I say it to, ba to Basma, the other coach cross country. He's, we always have this, um, I got my crazy idea for the day or, or whatever. He's, it's kind of gotten to be a joke because I'm always coming to him with some crazy idea. Um, but uh, lots of little things. Um, probably, you know, um, we were at another one of the courses uh, this year and we just saw some of the stuff that they did to keep their, um, just to, to speak to the culture of their program. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that stuff was just really cool. And, um, you know, I was inspirational, maybe is a bit strong, but those kinds of little things that um, spark ideas, uh, get some momentum and um, turn into something a lot bigger. So um, that, that's probably been one that pops into my head. Uh, we did a lot of like, um, recognition like little trinkets uh that we we did this year and and I, I can't remember what inspired that idea but it was just one of those things where it's like um let's try it let's see how it goes it's it's crazy ideas um so a lot of little things i like it last question uh greatest thing about high school sports all right huh um yeah probably the it's kind of weird. The, one of the things I really like the most uh, is we call it runner's prom. It's our, it's our awards night yep. and it's the, towards the end of the season. And we go to, um, we go to unity or we go some, some banquet hall or something like that. And, um, and we just kind of recap the year and we recognize the athletes that really, really shined. And, um, but that, that time of the year, that that night, it's it's a chance to really see the impact that you've had uh, on those athletes and the gratitude um, that they have for what you've done. And um, that man, I tell you, that's that's just one of my favorite favorite days, is to see that uh, that that connection you've been able to have with those athletes and. 
Um, it's just, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I like it. Very nice. Well, thank you, Greg, for joining, sharing a little bit. Yeah. Thank you much. You bet. Yeah, it was good. I, I, I enjoyed it and uh, uh, just, yeah, glad to talk to you too. All right.